0: Kwanviyoma Law, P-L-L-C, is 100% native-owned and operated, founded by Vern Kwanviyoma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Kwanviyoma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering, community activism and employing indian preference in hiring and vendor relations
1: The Kobal Scholarship Program Are you an enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe interested in pursuing a college degree at any level? Think about applying for the Kobal Scholarship applications for the 24-25 academic year undergraduate and graduate scholarship opportunities are now open and close March 31st, 2024. Please visit Cobalscholar.org for more information and apply today. <laughs>
0: are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is, trying to think of a clever term from the story last week, Little Boy Carl. Little <laughs> Boy. Can we say that? Carl! <laughs> can we say that on the podcast? I'm not
2: too well, sure we can say
0: that. You know, the thing that I wanted to mention was that, because when we did last week's episode, I failed to... Go through the episode and ensure that it was proper for the airwaves, which I failed to do. Yeah, yeah. And then so we exclaimed that we were going to be in HR, which we did end up in HR. Yeah, we ended up and in And we HR. got a million complaints about the episode. But the yeah. biggest complaint was that we didn't finish the story. And so people wanted to- <laughs> That was the biggest complaint. <laughs> it's like, you guys complaint. said too
2: much Lua in there. We wanted more. We
0: wanted more Lua in there. And then so the people didn't get enough. And so that was <laughs> the biggest complaint. And so we're, we're going to oh. have to finish the story for the paid people. And then get everybody to pay the seven ninety nine. So that you we guys can are do. sick people out there, <laughs> sick people out there. But we're back with uh, week two of season twelve, and so I, I think it took a while, but last week's episode did finally start building back up, and so we're getting the word out that we are back with season twelve. And uh, so far, it's uh, been all right. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really nice. I mean,
2: right now where this is our second. Uh, episode, right? This is technically it's our second second episode, episode, but it's like the fifth our, our our second non recycled episode. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, and the numbers went up because of that. I I don't know. Anytime, (laughs) anytime hope he sees sex in the title, Uh, they're going to listen. No matter and, what.
0: And it's a shame too, because I, I don't know what was wrong with you last week, man. You're <laughs> you were you were on another level, man. And I, I, I equated it because AJ was in the studio. Probably. And so after the afterwards I told you that I'm not gonna bring any more females into the episode because yeah. then it kinda turns you Into a a different kind of guy, which I think I think is you know kind of the trend for most dudes anyway. Yeah, pretty much. But then here here we are this week with uh, with a special guest, and the special guest is is a female again. So I would appreciate it, Carl, if you just kept it cool today. Kept it cool. I'm always cool. I I don't know about (laughs) you. I I, I keep things on a on a DL here in in Solos homemade dictionary at home (laughs) under the homemade dictionary under the word cool. She has a picture of you. Cool, and then it says good boy on there. (laughs) Which you could also find your face under the definitions for prince and (laughs) prince and baby boy. When you look in
2: the dictionary under redundant, it says redundant. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you
0: were going to say my name.
2: (laughs) No, but yeah, but it's been a great uh, week. Last week was pretty nice. And then this week is actually
0: the first time... It snowed for the first time. It snowed. First, first time, time it snowed. You look out the window. Yeah, you there's look at nice the, blanket of yeah, snow. there's outside.
2: a nice blanket of snow outside.
0: So I did check my mail. Not yes. my email. Yes, my mail. Your mail. My mail. Because your mail. By definition, mail. Why, spots you know the reason.
2: Okay, you know the reason why. You know the reason why I say mail for but, email. But if I could say this real quick. Oh no no no. Real Do, quick. Real okay, quick. go ahead. No check. Yeah, there's still no check. And you remember the reason why I call it mail. It's because on Apple, it says male on there, oh, so oh. that's the reason why yeah. I say male. Oh, I see.
0: Well, that, that clarifies things. That
2: clarifies a lot of things.
0: But we're here with an episode, and so we actually do have a topic. And so the topic is kind of a, I don't know if you would call it a sensitive topic or a, what's another word for... Um, but kind of a topic that gets people talking. You can kind of gets uh, in in some instances. I, I, I think we could say controversial gets, gets, topic gets the blood boiling for for, for some folks. But uh, we're going to be talking about uh, well, on on my format it says black Hopis, but what I mean by that is Hopis that share also in line with uh, being African, because I think that we talked about that in very small spaces. In the past, before like it's never been like a really big. It, it's 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 never been the center of, of a podcast episode. Yeah, it's like uh I guess it's sort of like a.
2: I wouldn't say taboo. I would say more of a controversial topic, or like
0: a convert. Con- I, I like, so okay so so if we if it is a controversial subject, why is it controversial? I guess should it be, it be controversial? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Do you sure. think that? No, it shouldn't be controversial. I don't
2: think then, it should be controversial. Our small
0: minds make it controversial? I think or? it's
2: because the way that we're brought up that we just see only one particular type of color. I guess you could say, like you know, like okay. So think about this. Like you know, Bahana taking partaking in like a Hopi ceremony. Mm-hmm. That's all we're going to see, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're going to see. You're, you're not going to see like the. <laughs> you're not going to see all the dancers. You're going to see a Bahana dressed as a. Hopi dancing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's all you see. And so that's that's part of the controversy there when you see an opposite, I guess with a, with a different color in a way. Our minds think really shallow. Well, you know,
0: I, 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 I have had thoughts about it before because yeah. then, you know, like we've mentioned before numerous times about um, different cultures yeah. existing on the reservation outside of just Hopi. I think, you know, the number one that we always talk about is Navajos. Yeah. But then behind them, there we talk about like behind them, talk about qastilam, yeah. And then even like uh, there's some Asians too that kind of live around here, and you know most of them, I think, are affiliated with the churches, which <laughs> yeah. is which is kind of ironic, you yeah. know, man. It's like you think church, you think of Bahana, but out here it's like you think church, then it's these I don't even it's know a, like what, these what, Koreans, yeah, Asians. yeah, Koreans, yeah. Asians, yeah. And, and so and so forth. But then for some reason out here on the reservation when it comes to 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 black African like I think that like our eyes grow a little bit bigger because I think that and I've always thought about this I I think that a lot of it just has to do with optics physical appearance because then like if a Kastila were to go to any of our dances or be in the village yeah they could kind of camouflage in a little bit more oh yeah but then when a Pahana goes to the villages there's no camo for them Optically, they stand out, but then for some reason, like it's not as, as a, uh, 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 not much of a thought to our head. In our head, we yeah. mostly think, oh, they're just tourists, yeah, yeah, or they work for the school, yeah. or they work for the hospital, or something in that degree. But then when we see Sakamkastilas in our village, like it just, it just, our our minds warp a little bit more. Like it's kind of a more stand outish type thing and so I, I think that probably the main reason why we kind of uh, make things controversial is because of the the obvious optics the,
2: the, the re, yeah it, it's because of why we were brought up this way yeah. you know, because we, when we were going to school you know there wasn't a lot of like you know Castillas mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of Bahanas around So when We we went off to college You know We, we started to experience Like wow There's more white people Than uh-huh. Hopis In our, in my school now yeah. You know There's yeah. And and when Like there's more Like there's more Of a culture there And so I think That is That is part of the reason As well too And, and plus too When you think about it A lot of the times You know Hopi has no real <laughs> Teachings about Like these uh, Like Mm-hmm. Of course, we have like catinas that kind of represent, in a way, but mm-hmm. it's it's not very well known about that. And you know, like So and she never talks about that. Kwa never talks about that. So I think to me, it's
0: more of a. It's more of a, a known topic. It's kind of, I guess if you're, you know, to kind of talk about historical contexts, about Hopi's first encounters with, yeah. with certain groups. Yeah. Like we always, like when the Spanish first first came, we yeah. always kind of um, attribute that to our first interactions with Bahana. Yeah. And then... I think it was the Spanish that had slaves, then in turn was our first interaction with Saqam Qastil. Yeah, yeah. And then and then, I guess like the European Pahanas, so well I guess Spain, Spain is technically European Pahanas, but then like Bahana Pahanas, it wasn't until probably like the 1800s that the English-speaking Pahanam, I guess, kind of came to came to Hopi but one of the things that I, I was going to mention and you know I, I think that that's probably the only pocket that we've ever really talked about black African culture on Hopi was when we were talking about music in, in like a real early episode because then you know like when we see black Africans in our villages our, our eyes go there real quickly Yeah, our yeah. minds start to move really quickly and I've always wondered you know why, why do we do this when already as hopis, like we engage in black African culture, yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways, and in many of those ways, it's through music, in many ways, it's through movies like can you do you think that there's a Hopi out there that exists that has never seen Friday before <laughs> probably not do do you think that there's a Hopi out there? That uh, hasn't listened to reggae music before. I'll hope he's want to be black anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> and so and so, you know, like I guess that's kind of like where my mind kind of tends to to bend is that when it comes to like actual in person interactions, yeah. Yeah. we we kind of get get all weird. Yeah. But then, yet, you know, within our own homes or within our own vehicles. Like just this morning, I was listening to some of my old music from from my high school years—gangster rap. <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening to to that, and then you know, because and then for a lot of our friends and family, it's like we know that you engage in this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it tends to, you know, why why is it that we we tend to. um Get how we get. But before we bring in our special guests, there was one topic that I, I did want to bring up. Because the reason right. the reason why we're we're doing this is that because Martin Luther King Junior Day is coming up. Really? And uh I, I believe that, you know, throughout the nation that there's probably a lot of events, a lot of rallies or a lot of different things that go into honoring Martin Luther King, who who is a prominent figure. In American history and activists who who stood up for social justice and you know a lot of people would probably argue that you know was predominantly for for black Africans but then you know a lot of it was for not just black Africans but like natives Hispanics, like kind of the whole spectrum and so you know that's kind of something that he fought for was equality for all people and so you know of course black Africans have a big part to play as far as at least you know the larger part of the country. But then, of course, you know, trying to find a way way to relate it to our culture. But the thing that I wanted to bring up is that the Hopi tribe no longer recognizes Martin Luther King Day.
2: No, no, because they replaced it with uh, that Popeye guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so and so, you know, and I don't know if a lot of people know that, but so, you know, when January fifteenth rolls around, which yeah. I believe is, is an yeah. LKD, that when January fifteenth comes around that all the tribal workers still have to go to work. Yeah. And I don't think they have a they bat an eye to do that. <laughs> and yeah, because that that was that was kind of the dialogue that I wanted to have, because then like I remember I mean I wasn't like of of strong conscience back then. But if you remember like in the early nineties. Yeah. The yeah. state of Arizona didn't recognize yeah, they didn't Martin recognize. Luther King Day yeah. as, as as a holiday. Yeah. And then I think that as a result of that there was like a lot of protests that were going on. Even you remember the, the, the rap group Public Enemy they kind of did yeah. Arizona in a song. Oh yeah, yeah. Arizona, yeah they weren't they yeah. weren't celebrating well, well Arizona, the has,
2: Arizona had always been a red state. So yeah. always been a republic state. So they really didn't care for any other color. <laughs>
0: so, so are you saying that then the Hopi Res is a red res? The Hopi, know, the in, Hopi in,
2: Res is a red state, yeah, because we didn't really care for any other color.
0: Well, I, I well, because, you know, on top of Martin Luther King Day, the Hopi tribe also doesn't recognize President's Day. Yeah. Which I think kind of makes a little bit more sense, like, a, a, as far as, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. kind of— a justification because then like you think about it, President's Day, President's Day was a holiday born combining George Washington and Abe Lincoln's yeah. birthday together. Because yeah. I think at one point they used to both be separate holidays. And so they brought it together to form one holiday. And then like you think about what those two individuals represent, like you think about Abe Lincoln for you know AIS fact that Abe Lincoln ordered the largest mass execution in the history of the United States, which included, it was like 30-something Dakota people. Yeah. Dakota's a yeah. tribe in, in the Plains area, and then Washington, I think, had a largely negative um, outview of as far as the federal government working with tribes. Yeah, And so then, you know, if you're to say that, oh, the Hopi tribe doesn't celebrate President's Day, then, like, that kind of makes sense. Like, to me, it makes it, it sense, makes because sense. then it's like, oh, well, these two guys... Didn't really support natives in a way because they both did these things within the history of their existence and working with the government. But then when you bring it to Martin Luther King Day, it's like this guy, you know, kind of fought for for all the all the basis of. I'm pretty. Of, I'm pretty of what, sure of what woke culture is. These I'm pretty days sure
2: that you know they were saying that oh Martin
0: Luther must have been the president too. So let's not celebrate <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and, well because I when 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 last year was the first year that this this happened yeah. that Martin Luther King Day wasn't an observed yeah. and then uh Presidents Day wasn't observed And when I first heard that, in my mind, exactly what you said, nobody probably batted an eye. Oh, yeah, nobody batted an eye. Like, it was probably uh, strictly an administrative decision. Like, like it had nothing to do. Like, nobody probably sat in there and thought, like, oh, we shouldn't be celebrating these two holidays and had some sort of grand dialogue. Like, I don't... They didn't have graphs and, like, pie pie charts around. Uh, And and so, you know, I, I feel like what... I feel like this is what happened. And I, I don't know if I'm right, but I feel like that this is what happened. I felt like that there was a demand from tribal employees that said, we want more cultural days. Yeah. yeah. Because we like to, in addition to honoring our traditional calendar. Yeah. We also like to celebrate the white man's things with our culture too. Yeah. And so, you know, we want more cultural days. And so they demanded more cultural days. And what I think happened was that in turn the tribe said, "Okay, we'll give you two more culture days, but we have to take something away." Yeah, and so their decision was to take away Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King Day and then President's Day. Yeah, and like I said, I I would agree with that that it was a strictly an administrative decision. Like <laughs> it probably had nothing to do with uh, thinking about. The impact what, what what the impact might be of not yeah. celebrating this and I for the most part I, I don't think that there's probably going to be like a large out, outlash except for us complaining that we're supposed to be off today but we're not off today yeah on the two holidays but then like the example for the state of Arizona I guess it could be a big thing that if somebody decided to take it there it's like oh the Hopi tribe doesn't celebrate Martin Luther King Day because they're racist and and and
2: and to you know to tie in with our guest that will be coming on here in a few seconds is that I'm pretty sure like taking taking something away from I guess their part of heritage in a way it's sort of like taking away something that they like see as as awake because you know because they're they're part hopi they're part Mm -hmm. they're part um you know uh, african if you Mm want to say that politically correct Mm -hmm. but then you know it's i guess it does it does tie in with what what they feel and what they what they associate with something that is like that because Mm -hmm. we're we're not you know we're both full hopi Mm -hmm. so we
0: can't really say anything. I don't to know, that man. Meme. I think you got some hobbit in you because when I stand <laughs> next to you, I mean, I know Hopi's are supposed to be short, but they're yeah. not that short. Dude, so. We were of the short blue corn. <laughs> I don't know where you got your... Probably that Navajo
2: fed grain or something.
0: <laughs> Ate too much Hogan. And Ate too I much. Grew like a Navajo long instead of...
2: So let's go ahead and uh take a, a break and then we'll get back with you guys here in a bit.
1: Juniper Outpost Boutique, located in Mesquite, Nevada, is thrilled to help support the quality content brought to you by Carl and J-Man. Saving the world isn't easy, but at Juniper Outpost, they make great gift-giving and finding that special item you don't need but have to have all too easy. They value supporting local artists and small batch vendors from throughout Arizona, Nevada, and Southern Utah, and in providing products from folks, trying to make the world a better place. Juniper Outpost invites you to stop on by on your way through. Visit them first on Facebook or Instagram at Juniper Outpost Boutique or their website www.juniper-outpost.com outpost.com
0: and we are back and we are fortunate to have a special guest and so we would like to introduce a classmate of ours that we've been going to school with well i guess you know way back in the day in high school but we'd like to welcome uh kesoingama to the podcast
3: guys how are you guys doing
0: we're doing good We're doing good. And Kes, thank you so much for taking that long drive all the way from Tuba all the way to the studio so that the people out there can uh, hear your voice loud and clearly.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for having me and bringing awareness to this topic. It's something that I do find very relevant, especially with my kids still young growing up in the community.
0: I bet. And then so, Kes, can you introduce yourself to our listeners?
3: My name is Kes Soanyama. I'm from the Tuba City area from Monkopi Village, the upper village. I am currently a resident and community member there. I work with um, Wells Fargo, so I see a lot of our community members. I graduated with you guys. Mm, what else do you guys want to know
0: do you remember carl from high school because then you know we we, we do. argue a whole lot and you know he claims to be part of the cool circle
3: but I, then- yeah he was cool I <laughs> told you i told you this guy never believes me he was always in the gym playing yeah, basketball with exactly. us at lunchtime
0: that was it that was it chris kiss is just being nice
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not being nice i remember both of you equally
0: really do you remember him as a geek or
3: something, <laughs> no, he was really quiet compared to now. You were quiet, yeah. See, yeah I yeah. was more, I'm still quiet. I'm
2: an outspoken person, I was client. voted, uh, you know, more likely to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: would yeah, say you're more, both very successful,
0: more likely to succeed by staying with soul for the rest of your <laughs> life. That is, if that's a category that we're talking about, then oh, yeah. yeah, I would affirm that that was, that was uh, what you were voted for. <laughs> and and so, but Kessie, because you did uh, grow up in Tuba, and then, you know, Carl and I, well, I both have ties to Tuba. I think that, you know, one thing about Tuba that is unique, because I think that, like, when you- think about like outsiders and they think about tuba they think of just strictly Navajo but Mm -hmm. then like when you really look at tuba that really there's three tribes that are within the vicinity of tuba in addition to you know not only Navajo Hopi but you got the San Juan Paiute tribe too that's also in tuba and then when you hear about like old Hopi stories that even the Havasupai tribe used to come through and then you know it was just kind of this real big Super uh, intersection for a lot of different cultures historically And so, you know, I think that about tuba is kind of an interesting thing But uh, Kes, can you share with us, I guess, kind of some of your background Because obviously you're our special guest for a reason Yeah,
3: so I am actually a fourth Navajo I'm of the Bitterwater clan I'm a fourth Hopi, Bamboo clan, and then half black African-American For me, it's very... I, I, I'm in a position where, you know, I'm black, African-American growing up on the reservation. And when I was growing up, I was teased and bullied a lot, especially oh, in junior high, I um, elementary school. It was bad. You know, my hair was different. My dad wasn't around when I was growing up. So, you know, of course, my grandma I, um, was raising me, my mom, and having to take care of my hair. You know, they didn't know how to take care of it. You know, it's different than the other kids. And I did stand out. And it didn't help that, you know, I feel like I was an outgoing kid, always trying to make friends, always trying to include people. And it was just a lot of teasing, bullying, name calling. I ended up in the office a lot because I started to fight back. Mm -hmm. You know, it got to that point where it was physical altercations. And the weird thing is it wasn't the girls. It was the boys. The boys were the ones that were, you know, nonstop. And, were
0: the worst ones. Yeah.
3: And you hear a lot of, oh, they probably like you, but it did not feel like that. If they liked me, they were super mean about it. You know, and one thing that, um, like being called the N-word, I, even though my kids are black, I don't allow them to say that. You know, even if you think it's cool, it's not cool.
0: Even when they're listening to like Ice Cube or NWA. They're all saying ninja this and ninja that.
3: Yeah, exactly. So I I try to refrain from them because I don't want them to get comfortable. My biggest thing is, especially my daughter. So my daughter, she um, is more native and she looks more native. My boys, their dad's half black too, half Mm. black and half Navajo. So their features are more of the black features. You can tell that they're African-American. But with my daughter, if you see her, you probably wouldn't think that she was... Uh, black at all she looks more navajo hopi more native
2: so when you were when you were growing up and uh i know that i'm pretty sure that we all went to school at the junior junior high i went to the boarding school you were at the boarding, oh, that's boarding right. school that's right. you know <clears throat> when you were being called names what was one of the names that really got you it, besides the you know the the huge
3: n-word mm-hmm. i think it was like jenny jenny coco puffs and um, African booty scratcher, just oh, things really? that you would oh, hear wow, from awful. other places.
2: I, I feel like laughing right now,
0: but I can't.
3: <laughs> you <You're>, can laugh. <laughs>
0: you're, you're free to
2: no, punch no, him, no. too, <laughs>
0: Kiss. I'll, I'll, no, no, no. As no, a matter I, of fact, I'll, I'll help you. I'll no, hold no, him no, down. no. Okay. Okay. So, so
2: those are the, the huge derogatory terms mm-hmm. there. Did you, did you see, did you feel that that was, you know, there, I'm pretty sure there was other, other kids like with you as well too right there there were were i
3: don't remember a whole lot lot. Uh, in like at the boarding school yeah i know that we had a kid who i think was maybe cuban or puerto rican yeah but i really don't remember any kids like that were black or african-american that were teased like that Mm -hmm. but like i said i was i was so
2: singled out a lot yeah yeah It
3: stood out a lot to me, um, you know, and it it was, it was very hard because I remember there were days, there was days that I would go home and I would just cry to my grandma because I was like, you know, these kids are being mean. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of being embarrassed, ashamed of where I had come from, like, and then not having a dad around too, you know, being teased about that, like, you know, not having a father around and being raised, you know, in a single, a single mother home and things like that.
0: I, I, you know, I really appreciate you being here, Kes, because then, you know, I I, I have this uh, mentality that, you know, we can speak as outsiders on certain things that we see on the reservation and and we have, but I always think it's important to have somebody that's actually experienced it and being there because then I remember at the day school. One of my god sisters, and, and shout out to Victoria. I'm not too sure if she listens to this, but uh, she she's also half black and and half Hopi. And but with her, I always used to feel bad for her because I saw the bullying. Like mm-hmm. I saw her get bullied. I hear what people would say to her, and I always felt so bad. And what always made felt what always made me feel bad for her. And this is probably something that um, people see with you as well is the fact that she lived in the village. Like mm-hmm. she was living as a Hopi. Yeah. She was living as a Hopi. Growing up on the reservation, being a Hopi person, but then yet being treated mm-hmm. so awful by, by certain people. And then you uh, being raised out there in Tuba that I'm sure that, you know, you experienced a lot that had to do with Navajo culture. You experienced a lot that had mm-hmm. to do with Hopi culture that you put a lot of different effort into, I guess, earning your place mm-hmm. within, our cult- within our communities in a cultural way. But then yet still being... Yeah. singled out because of your physical appearance it,
2: you know when you when you're saying those words uh the the you know demeaning words that you were saying the the genie genie you know mm-hmm. I, I was the one that was probably saying that too i didn't know mm-hmm. i didn't know at the time i wasn't mm-hmm. you know a mush-head yeah. kid i was just playing along with that but yeah you know i didn't know at the time that that really hurt somebody in a way mm-hmm. and plus too, you know we we as kids don't get a huge amount of education that there are people that are different in culture-wise or like that look differently. So when... I'm pretty sure that you partake partook in like Hopi ceremonies before. And so did in that way, did that really impact your, your way of uh, looking at different things like that? Like saying that, Oh yeah, my hair is not straight. I can't have like, you know, like the, the long, like Hopi Mm -hmm. hair that girls have. And you know, I, I, you know, and I'm pretty sure that you were taller than all the other Hopi girls. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're, you're saying that as well too. Was that a huge impact on your life as well too?
3: So it was. I think that the stereotyping does come into place. You know, you see somebody black, you're going to automatically think they're a thug, they're ghetto, yeah. they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're good at sports, things like that. That stereotype comes into place. But the funny thing is that I wasn't initiated t- until my freshman year. In high school? And, mm-hmm, and I never got my hair washed, you know, all of that when I was Harald younger.
0: Harold didn't get Wimke until he was in college, <laughs> so I thought he was still babyish yet and had to wait till he matured a little, so...
3: And so it was actually the coyote ladies, uh, my godmother and my mom had gotten together. And, um, you know, for me, I always enjoyed being down at the village during the dances and stuff. And then as I got older, you know, the questions come into play, like, you know, what is this? Why do we do that? And, you know, it wasn't something that I don't feel like I was welcomed around. And in not even just me myself, it was even my mom because she's half, you know, she's half Navajo as well. So with my grandma being Navajo and my real grandfather had passed away when before, like when my mom was still pretty young. So, you know, there was a lot of backlash with that too, her remarrying and bringing another man into the home and all of that stuff. So, you know, with that, the family, with my mom's side of the family, there was a lot of, you know, unacceptance. I wasn't accepted. And it was the, you know, she got a lot of backlash for that because I was Mm -hmm. black and, you know, it's like they didn't want anything to do with us yeah. is what yeah. I felt. So, you know, a lot of that, it just made me feel like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. So I went along, you know, because I did, I was interested in it. I wanted to dance. I wanted to do all of that stuff. So I did. And one of the things that I think that really stood out to me is that it took a different family, a different clan to, you know, get me there, you know, when it should be family that does that for you. And, you know, it was it was tough, but, you know, my godmother's family, they're very welcoming. They take the time to teach you things. So, you know, and that's one thing with my kids, too, is that they're always there. they washed all my kids' hair, gave them their names at a young age, and they never looked at the factor that you're not enough Hopi. Yeah. You know, people will ask yeah. me, are you enrolled with the Hopi tribe because of my last name? You know, you see my last name, you know that I'm Hopi or I'm affiliated with Hopi. So a lot of them will ask, well, are you enrolled with the Hopi tribe? But I'm not. Because, um, from my understanding at the time, like, you know, when we could have done that, you had to be at least half Hopi to be enrolled mm. with the Hopi tribe. I know and that. then they had changed it like not too long ago to be a fourth.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I wanted to ask you this kes because then you know like like i brought up my my god sister as an example and i know for a fact that you know a lot of her tormentors then in turn were listeners of hip-hop in yeah. And mm-hmm. and, yeah and so for for you you know to experience this um a- extreme prejudice you know from from our community members and as you grow up you know probably growing up with these same people mm-hmm. and then seeing them delve into the black african culture like how does that make you feel
3: It. It can be annoying at times. I guess it's just the person themselves and how they're doing it. So, like, if we're going around saying the N-word, I'm yeah, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say that probably at one point in time when I didn't know better, as well as Carl, you know, yeah. going back, you don't know a lot. yeah. So yeah I feel yeah. like in junior high, elementary, at that time, you know, there was a lot of teasing, but they didn't know. But as we got older, it was more inclusive. Like, I was considered maybe cool because I was black or, you know, things yeah. like that. And I, I feel like at that time, you know, growing up, I was um, shying away from it. Yeah. And as I get into high school, you know, everybody's listening to rap music. Everybody's, you know, indulging in that black African-American culture. And, you know, for me, that's also a culture that I'm not familiar with because I wasn't raised around it. So I know you had, you know, mentioned that, you know, like the just that aspect of it is I didn't grow up, you know, knowing my dad, his family and things like that. So it was a culture shock when I did go out there, you know, being around, you know, listening to their dialect and all all the things like that. So I sound different than them. I look like them, but I sound different. So things
0: that, like that. that. That was the the one thing too that I brought up to you before we started recording because I've known you probably since at least since freshman our freshman year mm-hmm. in yeah. high school, which is pretty significant in time, you know, because of social media that you're able to see somebody grow up. And you know, for the most part, from the time that I've known you, I've always thought that you know most of your life was just on the reservation. Mm-hmm. So I figured that that was kind of the the, the I, I guess the case. But then to see your social media, like probably like I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like within the last five years, seeing more interaction with your father's side of your Mm -hmm. family, which is your black African side of your family. How, how long ago, or has it been your whole life that you're interacting with that side of the family? And then what, what were the, any types of difficulty as far as adapting, I guess, to that side of the family?
3: So, I was lucky enough to be raised around my grandma, you know, I know that there was probably a lot of backstories I hear two sides of the stories from my mom's side, my dad's side And, you know, as I got older, I had more questions I had more questions, I wanted to get to know my dad And it wasn't until my senior year that I finally actually met him. I think we started talking a little bit before that. And he actually came out the first time we had an in-person meeting was when he came out for our graduation. Okay. no kidding. Really? So that was the first time that I, you know. So so
0: that's who that guy was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like even then, you know, a lot of the people were fascinated by him. You know, it's weird because, you know, like. You, you're not so, too fascinated when you see somebody like that, but you, when you know they're not from here, you're more fascinated mm-hmm. you want to ask them more questions yeah, and yeah, things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, going out there, it was, like I said, that culture shock because I dress different. You know, the style that I have here wasn't the same when we went out there. It was the first time that I had my hair braided, got beads in my hair, things and like that. And where, where does he
0: live? Or He where,
3: lives in North Carolina.
0: Oh, no kidding. Mm. Oh, yeah, south.
3: So, you know, going out there, I got to experience that part of it. Even the food, like, you know, we're used to You,
0: you went from, from Frying bread to,
3: to frying, frying fish mm-hmm. and frying chicken. Frying frying chicken fish. all yeah. that good stuff. Dang. Yeah.
2: So it was, uh, you know, like when you were growing up, did you have like those regrets that not knowing that this was some part of uh, your culture when people were actually making fun of you and you, you know, telling your soul that, you know, I want to be the same. I mm-hmm. want to be like them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure that you had or, these notions. like I, this.
0: I guess kind of like... When you were going through the real dark times, did you ever wish that I just one culture? yeah, uh, Bicultural, like...
3: I think at one point I did, you know, just looking different. Like I said, I think that was the biggest thing. Because like I said, if I had looked like my daughter, I would have fit in fine. But having those features, you know, it was like, man, like, why do I have to go to school today? You know? Mm. And it was, and that was the hard part was like, do I get up and go to school? And I feel like I was a sensitive kid I but I was also raised to be tough you know with the boys outside my my cousin brothers they were they weren't nice but you know it was what it was but you know when I went to school and I I don't think I ever wished that because I was with my grandma I was Mm -hmm. with my mom yeah so I didn't really wish to you know be somewhere else but it was just I wish that I had blended in more to where you know I could be looked at the same and then I think also you know it was. I didn't know a lot about, you know, the black culture and things like that. So I think it was kind of like around the time you were talking about when they made the Martin Luther King Day, because Arizona was one of the last states Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, get that day Mm -hmm. for us. And I remember I actually had a teacher who talked about it, because I don't remember, you know, hearing about it um, so much in junior high or high school, or he wasn't mentioned. But I remember my third grade teacher, she was a huge impact on my life. And, you know, she was, she kind of knew, because I didn't grow up in the best home, and there was a lot of things that went on, you know, as far as Far as alcoholism abuse and things like that so with her it was kind of the outlet and i remember she made it a point to you know educate us about it talk to us about it and it gave me that sense of pride it's like oh like you know he did mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. i should be proud of you know mm-hmm. you're over here making fun of me but we're getting a day off because this man you know it, <laughs> he went right. and did some things he right. you know marched he risked his life you know time and time again so i remember she told she told us about this speech, and then um, my mom remembers this because she's the one who always tells me. She always brings it up around this time and she tells my kids about it so I remember I got off the bus and I had to where the bus would drop us off we had to kind of walk quite a ways to get home about a quarter mile half a mile so so my mom would meet us there and I remember I was walking down the street and I kept you know saying we are free like you know I was walking down the street saying we are free and she was like what are you talking about you know so I told her and you know I remember her you know getting kind of emotional about it and to me that, you know, I was like, OK, like, you know, there's somebody and that was at a young age, you know, like to to remember that. So that's something that I held on to is like, you know, there was some I come from I feel like I come from two different cultures that hold a lot of, you know, resilience to their to their ethnicities and everything that they that we've endeared as native people. And then the black and African-American um, community, you know. That's something to be proud of because, you know, they did some things that a lot of people wouldn't be able to endure and get over.
0: I I think that and we might have touched upon this in a previous episode before Carl, but I, I think that at least as far as the native perspective, I think it differs just depending on which group you're talking about. But when you're talking about on reservation natives, I, I think that we tend to not really recognize the accomplishment of other cultures yeah, because I think yeah. we see it as separate. Like like we don't we don't see it as the Chinese Americans benefited Hopi in any way, or we don't see it as uh, this culture, you know, benefited Hopi in a way. But then like, when you think about like the black African culture and a lot of the historical accomplishments that they've done, especially like when you think about Martin Luther King day that I think that, you know, a lot of it, we don't realize or understand that the impact that it has had on indigenous people as a whole, because, and I really do believe because then like when you think about the most recent, um, the most recent, recent activism that was done uh, by predominantly black africans that i think that a lot of that had to do with the washington football team changing their name and so it's like if you leave it to natives on our own to do all of this work to get a lot of things changed that it probably wouldn't happen because we don't have the population size but then when you're working with another group to be able to do that then you know you're able to have a little bit stronger voice Mm -hmm. you're having to have a lot more muscle and and so, you know, for a okay, I kind of a question for both of you, because both of you are on reservation natives, like what what do you see as far as our people here at home and their outlook on the black African community? Do we think anything of them? If the answer is no, then then why?
3: I think that, so this is my perspective, having my boys. Like I said, if you see my boys, you can tell that they have those black features. They have the curly hair, they have the you know, just the features you can tell, yeah, that black. yeah, yeah, so when you see them, you know, it's it you already know, and what I've noticed is that, um, they don't get judged as much. I don't hear about them coming home being bullied because mm-hmm. of their color mm-hmm. but, I do see them come home and hear them come home talking about, you know, because I asked my son this one day because he ran cross country and he's very athletic. He's an all around athlete and he's only in fifth grade. And I asked him one day we were talking and, you know, it was um, I can't remember what we were talking about. And then I asked him, I was like, you know, do you ever get picked on for being black? And he's like, no. And then he's like, the only thing that people say is like, you're supposed to, or you should be fast, you're black, you know, that stereotype, <laughs> like that's what that you should be good at basketball, yeah. you're black, you yeah. know, things like that. And I know that at times in our family, you know, just kind of like what you talked about when you're at home, you have those conversations yeah. where you're yeah. not going to have the same conversation out in public, but you know, um, my son, my kids have said things like that. Oh, it's cause I'm black. You know, things like that. And it's in a joking way, but, you know, I really had to take that into consideration um, when I started talking to my kids about Martin Luther King Day. You know, I asked them, you know, what does it mean to you? Like, oh, we get a day off of school, Mm -hmm. you know, but do you know why you get a day off of school? And they didn't really know. So I did take the time to educate them and, you know, let them know, like, these are some of the things that he did and this is what they did. And what really sparked that was one day I was sitting at the table, we were having, um, we were having chicken and my son, he's like, I kind of, you know how you have the stereotype, oh, uh, black people like fried chicken yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think somebody was mentioning to the him uh, mentioning that to him, like at school and then like the Kool-Aid and things like that. And I yeah. noticed like he started asking more for it. You know, like, mom, can you make some chicken? Mom, can we get some Kool-Aid? You know, things like that. And I didn't really think anything of it because, you know, like I said, I, I just kind of leave it alone. He's not getting bullied or anything like that. But we were sitting there. And my brother and his family had came over and we were sitting at the table talking and then he was telling us about how at the village somebody had called one of his co-workers the N-word or something like that. And my son said, well, he shouldn't have called him that he should have called him a fried chicken lover. Yeah. And it kind of just stood out to me Mm -hmm. because I have heard my son say that to his younger brother, like you fried chicken lover, but you know, I'm thinking he's saying it more like, you know, like, cause he likes chicken, Yeah, yeah, yeah. not so much and using it as As a a different slur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really had to tell my son, you know, if somebody's saying that to you, they're being racist towards you. That's a derogatory remark towards you. And, You know, that's not okay. And he didn't see it like that. But I think after we had that conversation, it sparked in his head he made that correlation like, okay, like this isn't right. This isn't okay. And I said, if they're saying that to you, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. You need to tell them, you know, that's not okay. And if you're not okay telling them that, then they're going to continue to do it. But I, and I tell my kids all the time, like, you know, you may be black, but if you say something to the wrong black person, you're going to get your ass kicked. You know, I tell them that all the time. Mm. Like, you know, that's one thing if you go off the reservation, you know, especially with my daughter, like I said, because sometimes she'll say things to their her brothers, um, like kind of making racial remarks like, you know, oh, because you're black or yeah. like mm-hmm. just things like, you know, and I have to get up. I have to get on them like, hey, you don't talk like that. You don't do that. And I tell my daughter, you know, yes, you are black, but you don't look like it. So if you go off the reservation, say you decide to use the N word because you think it's cool and they're going to be cool with it. Guarantee you're going to get your ass kicked.
2: So, um, how, so how old are they? How are they like in their eight, nine years Carl, old? Carl, I think
0: you should go down to Southside Phoenix. <laughs> and get yeah, my uh, Yeah, I... I, I <laughs>
3: My daughter is 15. She's a sophomore in high oh, okay. school. I have a fifth grader, so he's 10. And then my youngest is five. He's in DK.
2: Oh, okay. So, so, so very much well in their, mm-hmm. their kind of their, uh, yeah. their minds of like realizing mm-hmm. this is something that.
3: And that's why like I, I tell them, I'm like, you you know, you might think it's okay. And you guys, I don't, I, and I know that things are said at school. I know that I cussed at school. I yeah. did things that, yeah. you know, I probably wouldn't have done at home, but you know, that goes a long ways and it does go, it does happen at school. and that's what I had told my kids is like you know you can do all these things you can say all these things but it's gonna get back to me and i'm telling you if you say something to the wrong person somebody's gonna be pissed off about it so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you make it okay for people to talk to you like this they're gonna talk to you like that oh okay so yeah, yeah
0: and- that makes more sense that way i i, I think it's interesting because i'm like mm-hmm. when you look at the state of Arizona as a whole, I think that the Black African population is pretty low. I think it's like less than twenty percent. Yeah, and, and so like even when you go down to Phoenix, which is the largest city in the state, that even then, you know, it's still not not a high population. It's just Mexicans down mostly there, mostly Black. I'm, I'm sorry, mostly Brown and White. Yeah, but then like when you think about like other places around the country where the population is a whole lot higher then you have a lot more interaction. And so, you know, this is kind of a conversation that we've had before on this podcast. And, you know, that's probably largely why our brains tend to malfunction when we see Black Africans in our villages is mm-hmm. because it's not an occurrence that ha- happens very often. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess you know what I'm trying to get to is that you know there's this movement going on. I guess in in Indian country, you know, it's this Afro Indigenous movement. Because mm-hmm. then I think that there's probably reservations that are located to larger populations of black African to where you get a lot more people that are of both cultures. And so then in turn, I think that turns into another culture mm-hmm. and for us Southwest natives, especially those of us here in Arizona, we're still, I guess, segregated in, in a lot of instances yeah. that, you know, you have Navajos that are still really separated to each other, Hopis and then, you know, Pahanas, et cetera. And yeah. so, you know, our, our, Interaction isn't mixing as much because then you know I've heard a little bit of this dialogue of Afro Indigenous yeah Mm -hmm. and you know to me like I I have a hard time understanding and accepting some of the ideas because then when i go out in my own backyard that it's still very much separate like you got hopis living in their own villages mm-hmm. navajos living in their own areas and then you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know I, well i wanted to bring this up because then you know for a lot of us that are adults or that are growing into adulthood that we probably still kind of have Ways of thinking because I remember I was on ASU campus one time. Yeah, I was at the downtown campus, and their law school is located on on the downtown campus. And they, the law school, they had this huge banner. It was celebrating their most recent graduates. And so it was kind of like, you know, we had this new uh, batch of indigenous lawyers that are going to go out and take the world. And then that's kind of when I realized that, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, there's still some of this racist res that's still left in me. Because then the student that they featured physically, optically was clearly of of Afro-indigenous culture. Descendant, yeah. And I remember I was thinking, like, when I first saw that, I was like, why would they you choose somebody like Like I, I was I was kind of like frustrated like why would they use that student why wouldn't they use a student that looked more like what in my my own mind, what a Native person looked yeah, like? Yeah. And I guess in my own head, why I was thinking that was because, you know, there's still a lot of people out here, even in Arizona and Phoenix that have never met a Native American person before. There's still a lot of people that still have very little to no clue. So when they see this banner and they see this banner pre- presenting uh, Indigenous student, but they look like this these people that have know nothing about native people, they're going to think that this is what we all look like. And I guess that was kind of what my, my, your, your or my was. mind yeah. was. Yeah. And so, you know, and I guess my point is that I think that when you're thinking about like Indian country, our under our minds are at different levels yeah. as yeah. far as, you know, what we think of when we're thinking about black Africans, especially when they're integrating within our communities. And so, Kes, I don't know if, if you... Are aware of a lot of folks that have similar backgrounds to you mm-hmm. or or if there's, you know, kind of a connection to others that share some sort of background that you have?
3: Yeah. And I think that I do. Like I said, my um, my kids' dad, he's mm. he's half black and half Navajo. So I think that we had that because he kind of had the same thing growing up, but his outlet was he just fought. You know, mm. if they had something to say, he had no problem. So he kind of earned that respect. So people already knew he made a name for himself. He was good at sports, you know, things like that. And I do know a lot of Afro-Indigenous people, you know, that culture, That especially in the small business, I think it gives them a lot of leeway because, you know, like I said, that resilience on both sides of the black and african american side and your native american side that gives you a lot of leverage when you really think about it because you can you can say what your people have been through and, you know, you have that resilience in you. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I do know a lot of people. I do um, actually, I did reach out to some of them, too, for my upcoming event just to see if they can come. Because I think we all have different backgrounds and we all have different, you know, kind of things that perceptions, you know, and a lot of them aren't from around here. You know, some of them are from New Mexico and things like that. So for me, it's just, you know, I don't know how bad it was for them growing up. You know, because like we said, it wasn't something that that was really accepted back in the day, and now you know I see so many black black kids running around, black Native American kids, they're running around, and you know, I and a I a lot of them because
0: of my sisters from Oregon,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them are out there, and like you know, to me, I must,
0: I must be black,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and for me, when I see them, it's like you know, I I know that a lot of them don't have their dads around, yeah, and you know, I kind of feel like. I see the black fathers getting bashed because they're not there. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you chose to sleep with them. So, you know, why, why are you, you knew what they were about, you know? there was, you weren't married before the kid, you yeah. know, you, yeah. they obviously, they may have had kids before you, you know, so those things, it's like, you have to take that into consideration too, and it's like, you know, why are you bashing somebody about what they're doing, and I do feel like, you know, it's that black culture that was instilled in them, like, kind of taking that road, like, you know, I see, like you guys have said, Native Americans that act more black, talk more black, and you know Have that mindset You know Of that And for me When I see that I'm like I'm far from that Like I Don't have a gun I don't plan on Kicking anybody's ass You know You know Just that stereotype Part of it I don't feel like I have to go out there And be a thug I can be who I am And I can say that Like I'm probably More resed out Than all my Full native friends oh, You really? know, Yeah So it's like You know But I'm not gonna Try to be something I'm not Because I wasn't Grown up You know I wasn't raised And grown You know In that culture So I'm not gonna Act like I know what that life is about because i don't but you know when these these women they go off and they meet these men you know are you really taking into consideration the 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 childhood that your kid is going to grow up around mm-hmm. you know yeah they're going to grow up without a father you know they're going to grow up are they going to be teased or do they feel like they have to take that road to be a hard ass to succeed in life you know, things like that, it's, it's just to me, it's mind blowing because I wouldn't want that life for my boys. So I don't encourage it. You know, I wouldn't want them to take that path like where they feel like they have to deal drugs, do drugs, you know, things like that, because that is the mindset. When you think about it, that's how black people are perceived is through that. They don't they don't celebrate the successes. Like I said, you don't hear about Martin Luther King and all the things he did, but you'll hear about what, you know, everybody in the black culture, you know, the music industry, what they're doing, what they've done. But are they really making a difference? Are they really making a change? So it's like, you know, that's the perception that I feel like people have because they don't want to educate themselves around the good things that black people can do.
0: Accountability, Carl. I, I, all, it, all about accountability. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I, I know. I know. We
0: just you, barely. You chose to spread your legs, so whatever happens after. That.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> anything I say is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for any anybody else.
0: So okay, and, and I, 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 I I used to try to dress like fabulous when I was in high school.
3: So. <laughs> I think every day <laughs> you used to
2: dress like Flavor fade I I know that we just barely touched the you're, the tip of the iceberg. Ahead with of your the...
0: time, you used to try to dress like the men of the Night's Watch from <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> You tried to don the black before it was even a thing. When I
3: remember Carl in high school, I just see him with his gray t-shirt, with his black long-sleeve shirt, and his black pants.
0: Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And, and his hair hanging down by his mm-hmm. shoulders. I was cool back then. because he just I came knew out. I, was from cool. it. I knew I was cool. <laughs> this
2: guy never believed that I was because cool. he weren't. <laughs> I was cool. I was like the
3: cool, popular kid. <laughs> him and Nikki.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sam told you, but you know, I know that we just barely touched the tip of this, this whole conversation and everything like that. And I know that you brought something into the studio Mm -hmm. for, for you to share with the, basically for all of our listeners here, would you like to share what you brought in with the studio?
3: So I am trying to organize a uh, march walk for Martin Luther King Day. It's going to be at 10 a.m. in Tuba City. We're going to meet up at Louise Yellowman Trailer or the county park. And I just really want, you know other kids cuz i like i said i see a lot of these kids in the community and you know i don't know what they're going through especially if they're being raised you know in a home that's predominantly native american that they know that there's other people out there you know do they know why they look different do they know that there's other people out there that look like them on the reservation so that's my biggest thing and i re- i'm really wanting my kids to embrace their black culture because growing up on the reservation you know that's all they know is you know being native American. I remember I talked to my son and I was like, how would you feel about moving away? Like, would you want to move? And he was like, no, because, you know, I want to get initiated. I want to do these things. And I'm like, "Okay, like we can we can like and I had to take that into consideration because I'm like thinking of a bigger picture for them. But, you know, they're rooted. They're rooted here. And, you know, so I want other kids to see that they that, you know, it's just not a day off it's not a day off like this man marched he was assassinated you know he was tried to kill multiple be killed multiple times and then on top of that you know just the jail time that he did it wasn't because he was a gang banger it was because he was trying to make a change but do we really see that mm-hmm. and his organizations mm-hmm. the foundations and all of that that's still out there too you know there that's it's a big thing so i really want the community that i'm raised in to be able to see that And that's why, you know, I want to do this and we're going to get some shoes together, some clothes, because my kids are fortunate, you know, to have those things given to them all the time. So I'm trying to get donations together to give them back to the less fortunate. And, you know, it's not even that, like, you know, you hit hard times, you might be in need of something. So, you know, if you need a coat, some shoes, you can come see what we have. And, you know, it is just to give back to the community that raised us. I want them to see that, you know, I, I didn't grow up being treated the best. But, you know, that's the past. What can I do to make a difference? How can I make a change in this community? All,
0: all, all your turtle shirts, Carl, that, <laughs> that's not fitting. You can donate those to, to somebody that can benefit from it.
2: And, and uh, when was the day again? One more time. On Monday. On Monday. Monday, January Monday. 15th.
0: Okay. but Before we go, Carl, I think that you and I should share one uh, thing that we appreciate for the Black African culture to celebrate MLK Day.
3: A moment of silence, I guess. You, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, because
0: then when, when you were talking, Kes, like, because, you know, as in high school, that I think that probably the thing that I'm most appreciative is the music because then like, I think about hip hop, I think about rap and some of uh, c- certain artists, I think that, you know, the way that they really talked about oppression, the way that they really talked mm-hmm. about racism, the way that they really talked about trying to come up well, for them, you know, as a black man within their community. And then, you know, I felt like that there was a whole lot of relatable mm-hmm. uh, messages being, you know, from an underrepresented group. And then, you know, similar kind of going through uh, trying to come up as as a an as a indigenous man within your community. Because then I feel like that there's kind of a lot of the same pressures, a lot of the same dangers, a lot of mm-hmm. the same, um, I, I guess, it, it, the pathway similar. And mm-hmm. So that would be mine. So, all right, Carl, your turn. You know, growing, and you can't say the Waffle House. <laughs> you know, growing
2: up on, on the reservation, we weren't taught about, like, blacks mm-hmm. integrating with, with mm-hmm. natives a lot. And, you know, we do have Katinas that represent those as well, too. Those, you know, from the African descendant, we have those as well. But it's it wasn't widely... It wasn't widely appreciated. It wasn't a big conversation. It wasn't a discussion. big conversation or discussion with us. And we do, we do make fun of, uh, you know, black people. And we do make fun of like people who kind of resemble, you know, because mm-hmm. in, in, in the Kivas, you know, we we talk about these different things and we make fun of like, we, we make fun of those. And we don't know that it is hurtful for other people that, that have these t- types of descendants, mm-hmm. but then we make fun of it. And to this day, we still do that. We still say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you have a black neck, you know, we must be half black yeah. have to a Hopi, and you know those are the types of things that we do. And so I don't, I don't think we we really appreciate where. Um, you know, this black culture has, has impacted, especially with Hopi, Hopi culture as way, as a way too. So I don't, I don't have really a much appreciation as far as, as far as like that black culture, because it wasn't taught to us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't in a way where it's like, you know, oh, we we need to appreciate this mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. but I do respect right. the people that do do a lot of with the Hopi culture,
0: especially because, when you're because you like the white man's music in high school. <laughs> and that, that, you, yeah, like, well, you like the colonizers. We, I like
2: the carpenters more. Than. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just because we just don't know enough about what what this other culture is about. And I and think so, that's, yeah. why
3: I'm, that's why I, I want to do this. So it brings that awareness to be mindful of you see a kid out here in the village that's black. You know, don't underestimate or don't think that they're not going through anything cuz yeah. that struggle is real for kids and for p- people in general you know yeah. you had touched on what um Justin had said about you know being being able to relate to mm-hmm. what these men are saying yeah. and that's what i think back to is a lot of that like i'm raising two boys that are half black half native american and the way that i want them to be is to be successful you know without doing the bad things and, you know, but I have to think about their mental health too. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. another big thing that I don't think that native men and black men really take into consideration. Yeah. You, yeah. you hear about white men, you know, going to therapy and, you know, it's not and frowned upon. we think that's some bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why people don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're a bitch ass, but, you know, it's just that that's what it's going to be perceived as. But for somebody that might be something that they need. So, you know, I try to raise my boys to be where, you know, they're confident about talking about how they feel.
2: And who they are. And- are as Mm -hmm. a person. Yeah. Yeah, They
3: are as a person and their dad plays a huge part in that, you know, like I said, he didn't have his dad. He doesn't know his dad at all. So for him, you know, what, when, when we had gotten together and we, you know, talked about things, he always said, I'm going to be the best dad because I know what I would want because I didn't have that. So, you know, he does a lot for the kids and he's about, you know, making them know what an alpha male is, you know, knowing how they can, um, How they shouldn't let somebody tell them what to do, especially women, you know, these Native women, they overpower their men, you know, Mm -hmm. these men do what they say, but, you know, we're trying to raise our boys because they are Black and African American to know that, you know, it's okay to do so much, Mm -hmm. but... Don't be taken advantage of because, you know, that's something that could happen too. And that's what we see a lot as well. So, you know, it's just bringing awareness to a bunch of stuff that I think about. And I told Justin when we were sitting here earlier is that my biggest thing is that I don't like to complain about things. I'm not going to sit here and complain, complain, especially if I'm not going to do anything. So, you know, I could be like, nobody in this community does anything for Martin Luther King Day. Everybody just thinks it's a day off. Um, They don't care about us. So, you know, what can I do? And that's what I thought about was I need to bring some awareness to it so my kids can see that. You know, this man did a lot for, for them, even if they don't know it, you know, they they could still be sitting at the back of the bus. They could still be having their own restroom, you know, things like that. We might not be able to go into Flagstaff and sit in the theater because of things that had happened in the past. So, you know, it's not just a, a day off. So I don't want them to just sit at home and, you know, take it as a day off. I'm going to relax. No, we're going to go out there. We're going to give back to the community because this is where you live. This is where you're raised. But this is why you have the equalities that you do.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And it's January 15th uh, at what time? Again? 10, a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. at the park. At the park in Tuba City. So if you guys are around that area, go there and join Kess and her cause awesome. there. Thank, and, you, and, thank, yeah, you thank you so for, much for, for joining us. Yes, thank
3: you guys for having I, me. I, I,
2: I really love having a different perspective uh, Voice in the studio, other than this guy here, so
0: <laughs> you know it's ironic because you tease me about being the whitest of whites, yeah. But before that, I used to try to be the blackest of blacks, so I was <laughs> trying to be thug back then You're trying to be on thug, and thuggish, form. ruggish bone
2: going, a, going on. I mean, I, I prefer thug.
3: the baggy jeans over the skinny jeans, just fyi. <laughs> yeah, see
2: this guy. <laughs> Good. Yeah, cover and those yeah. legs. Cover those legs. <laughs> All right, thank funny. you Kes for joining us in the studio. We really appreciate it. And I'm pretty sure that you have uh, go. You need to go back to your your nine to five there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for for doing that. If if you guys have gotten this far, thank you again. If you guys want to listen to our paid episodes. It's only $7.99 a month and you can listen to all the paid episodes that this podcast, this general podcast does uh, does not say.
0: And so we say a lot more deeper stuff there. You'll, you'll hear Carl say the n-word a whole lot in the page yeah and stuff, n-word p-word
2: and every word that's but if means.
0: you're if you're not following us on our social media accounts you can find us all across the boards at Carl and J-Man I think that's it. Facebook Instagram Twitter and TikTok uh, if you're not listening to this on Spotify go ahead and listen to this a second time on Spotify because Spotify does sponsor us and if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts don't forget to give us a five star review because your podcast isn't five stars unless your pod, pod, Apple podcast says five stars. And that's it, Carl. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and j man Save the World podcast. My name is
2: Carl, and this is my best friend, j So long. Quack, quack.
0: Thank you.